though, if you haven't been with us maybe a handful of weeks, three weeks, we have been talking about the whole armor of God. And the whole armor of God is very unique because God has a specific revelation in each piece of armor. So the first week, Pastor Pat talked about the belt of truth. The second week, it was soon to be Pastor Lindsay, woo-woo, talked about the breastplate of righteousness. And last week we had Julie Shecker, executive pastor here. She talked about the shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Today, though, my job and my mission, if you will, is to just break down and teach you about the shield of faith. Amen. So what I want to do is go over three points during our short time together. Number one, I'm going to talk about what does it mean to take up the shield of faith. Number two, we're going to talk about what are darts and how to quench them. And number three, why is faith a shield? Why did God choose faith as a shield? So we're going to start in Ephesians 6, chapter 16. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, where you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What stands out to me is the first phrase, above all. This means it's very important that God shows you above anything that you've ever seen, everything that you may have experienced, above all of that, you have to take the shield of faith. Now, there's key words in every message. In every message, there's a key phrase or a key word. During this message, it's the word take. I want you to write that down. Write the word take down. So above all, we take the shield of faith where we're able to quench all of the darts of the wicked one. So before we take up faith, let's find out what is faith. So I have a definition for you. The definition of faith, the Greek word is pistas, P-I-S-T-A-S. It means assurance, belief, confidence, or fidelity. Assurance belief, confidence, or fidelity. It says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. A substance can be liquid. A substance can be felt. A substance can be drunk or eaten. A substance is something that you hold. So the fruit of your substance is your faith. That's your confidence, your firm trust, and your assurance. So if you're standing in faith, I can feel faith from across the room. You can feel faith in a mama that is praying for their lost son, and everyone may say, he's gone, let him go. But that mama holds on to faith. You can feel it. Now, one of the things that faith allows you to have is single-mindedness. Here's why. When you take up something, you're, you're confident in it. In other words, there's no hesitation. When you step to take up something, you're not hesitant. And since we're talking about combat and being in, in battle spiritually, hand-to-hand -hand combat requires you to be balanced. And the first thing the enemy wants to come at you with is instability or instability or being off balance. You can't have hesitation in a fight because you'll get yourself hurt 
and those around you should be injured. But James chapter 1, verse 8 says, A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. So that tells me that stability is important in battle. Because you have to know that you know that when you stand in battle, you might get hit. You are going to get hit. But there's a difference between taking a hit and being off balance. Because when you're unstable in all your ways, it just doesn't affect you. It affects those that are close to you. Let's remember this. Spiritual warfare requires spiritual weapons. And your mindset your mindset has to be on one of stability. It has to be on what God has promised. It can't be on what the enemy is saying, what your mom may have said, or anything else. It has to be stable. So this is the part of the armor that you don't wear. The first week, you put on your belt a truth. The second week, we showed you how to put on your breastplate of righteousness. The third week, we showed you how to put on your shoes. God says you can't wear faith. You must take faith. You must take up faith. Just because you have faith laying on your arm, imagine this shield laying on my arm. How good, how good is it because it's laying there? The only time it becomes good or productive is if I take it up. Here's something to think about. You just can't have faith being active. Faith that lays around is idle unbelief. Huh. Faith that lays around is idle unbelief. And Satan's faith is your unbelief. If you're in unbelief, Satan wins. Hey, man, I, I, woo, that's good, Pastor Jeff. Hey, it's true, because if your faith is just idle, what is it doing? It has no purpose. It has no activity. You must use your faith. Now, speaking of a shield, most of us who fight have a dominant hand. I'm right-handed. Some of my... Family members may be left-handed. I think my sister's left-handed. But do you know that you always have your weapon in your dominant hand, but you always pick up your shield in your weaker hand? Why is it that God, in all of his wisdom, wants you to pick up your faith in your weaker hand? Because the dominant hand has the, 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 the weapon that you're going to be used, that you're going to use to engage the enemy. You see, God in all his wisdom understands that it's his faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith to move a mountain. The Bible says that if you have the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. You don't need a lot of faith because your small faith is into a big God. We don't want it to be the other way around where you have all of the faith and you did it by the power of your hand. No, all of our trust, all of our hope 
is in a mighty God who is able to save. Amen. Can I get an amen? Yes. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 1, 25 and 27. You have to use your faith in your weaker hand. Listen to this scripture. This is really good. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man. That would preach. <laughs> and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. And God chose what is weak in this world to shame the strong. The strongest enemy in the kingdom of darkness is no, has no shot to the newest believer. Because the name of Jesus makes demons bow. I'll say it again. The name of Jesus makes wickedness bow, darkness bow. If you have faith in that name, they will bow to what you stand for. Hallelujah. Now, every piece of this armor has a purpose, but it was also bought with a price. See, we think we're going through things because of the pandemic or because of corona or because of what's going on in our nation. We think we're suffering. But the Bible says, have you suffered through bloodshed? Have you given your life for your cause? I know one man who walked the earth with the shield and the armor on and has demonstrated to us how to defeat the enemy. That man is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He defeated Satan, all of the religious, time in, time out. Over and over and over, he defeated them by using the principles of the kingdom. And when it came down to believing what he taught, he gave his life for an unbeliever like me. So every piece of that armor is bought with his blood. It's been purchased with his blood. So as we, as believers, if we say, I don't want to fight, I can't do this, I choose not to fight, we make the cross of no, it's no effect. It has no power. If you don't fight for peace, there will be no peace. Woo! We have to understand that the sacrifice has already been paid. You just need to learn how to use your faith. Now, how do, you act, how do you get your weak hand to work right? Well, you have to start being active in it. You have to be, start using discipline. You have to put yourselves in position to use your faith. That might be calling a friend and praying for them in this time. That might be calling your nana and telling them, making sure that your nana and your papa and those that you love are okay spiritually. That might mean sending groceries to a single mom's house with three kids. That's exercising your faith. You're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. 
Now, the enemy is not a fool. He knows how to get at us. He knows what our weaknesses are. So he sends darts. What are these fiery darts? It says in Ephesians 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith where we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All the fiery darts of the wicked. So I looked up the word. It's in the Greek. For darts, it means balos. It's balos. It means a missile, a dart, a javelin, or an arrow. A missile, a dart, a javelin, or an arrow. What that simply means is your faith is able to handle the missile, the dart, the javelin, or the arrow. To me, I started wondering, I kept asking the Holy Spirit what this means. And he said, those are the levels of thoughts that the enemy comes at you with. See, when you're engaged in a battle, you're single-minded. What does the enemy want to do? Give you a perception that you're going to lose. He wants to put in your mind and in your heart that you're going to lose. Stop fighting the way you're going to be fighting. Stop praying the way you're supposed to pray. Stop engaging the way you engage. It's not worth it. You know, many of us go through this. I fight this being a pastor here. I win over it, but let me just give you a little glimpse. Since I've been here for four years, I've been a pastor for three years. I served, I serve, and I serve. Do you know that the enemy consistently tries to tell me I don't make a difference here at the movement? Consistently. Now, many of you might say, oh, you have a platform. You touch many people's lives. My job in this stage of my life is significance. I'm not looking to climb the corporate spiritual ladder in the church. To me, that doesn't exist. I serve a living God because a living God loved me enough to set me free. Hallelujah. But when you are in leadership, you always get whispers. I'm not, I'm not immune to that. And so I've been able to keep up my faith. Now, I've also walked through some things personally. On June 27th, just last month, at about 11.25, my mama passed away. She passed away. And you think you're ready for that until that comes. You have no idea what that means. And immediately we were going to a family event, and my heart lost it's beat when I heard that nurse said, she grabbed my hand and took her last breath. Immediately the enemy says, see, you're in your own agenda. Look, you're going here. You should have been with your mother. The enemy does not care about you. He hates you. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy but thanks be unto God that I had my wife in the car who said, baby, let me drive. No, I'm going to drive. She took over driving. I called my sister. I start letting people close to me who know me about that situation. And do you know, they started surrounding me in faith. Woo.
She's been in the room all day. God has just been some, doing some amazing things. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, God has given every man a measure of faith. He's given every man a measure of faith. So when those thoughts came at me, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 and 6, that we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take, right, that word take, every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Hmm. So what if you're too weak to take the thought? What if you can't do it by yourself? God has given me a measure of faith, right? So I bring my measure. What if your measure in this situation is not enough? So let me give you a picture. I have my faith. The enemy shoots one arrow. I can take the one arrow. The enemy shoots five arrows. I can take five arrows. But what if the enemy says, I want him, I'm gonna, I want you to shoot a hundred arrows. If the enemy shoots a hundred, hundred fiery arrows in the air, I won't be able to stop all of them by myself because my measure of faith may not be enough. But let me give you an example. When I heard and I had to stand in faith, I got a message from Lindsay, my wife, my best male friend, Paul, Dee, Chandra, Julie, people from the church, people from my other church. Now all of a sudden, let me get the picture up there, Jay. Now all of a sudden, now their faith joins with my faith, and now it's just not my shield, it's everyone's shield. It's everyone's faith. That's how we defeat the enemy. So you can't defeat the enemy on your own in certain situations. God set it up that the church would make the difference. Whew. Come on. You know, with so many things happening in the world, there's all kinds of noise. There's always someone on a platform saying what the truth is. And we have to be careful. I didn't say this in the second service. I'm going to say it now because it's coming up. Social media is a distraction. It can be. Because if you're not, if you're not singly focused on the battle, you go to Facebook. You spend time there. You go to Twitter. You spend time there. You go to YouTube. You spend time there. If you spend more of your time listening to all the noise and not listening to what God has said, you will be distracted. And a distracted soldier is a dangerous soldier. So much so that my father, who fought in three, three tours of Vietnam, said to me the other day, if there was a soldier or a Marine that was going to be a distraction and it came to our life, that platoon made a decision of friendly fire. I know you don't want to hear that, but it, sometimes it comes down to that, that you're doing more harm than good by being in doubt. And when you're in a battle, I need to know that you have my back. 
It's important. So why did God choose a faith as a shield? Why did he choose a shield to show you faith? I thought about this. The first thing that came up in my spirit when I thought about it was that my shield is both defensive and offensive. I can use my shield in close proximity as an offensive weapon. We should always use our faith offensively. We should. Because you're going to, everyone wants to be the sniper up in the safe place of a building. You have a scope and you're doing it from a small or longer distance. You're not having to engage. Does a sniper have to have precision? Yes, but so does the one who's in hand-to-hand combat. And right now, the mothers and the fathers who are raising their kids, who are homeschooling their kids, who are doing what they need to do, are in close battle or proximity for their family. They don't have the luxury of waiting the enemy out as a sniper. So they need the tools of faith to make sure that they're fighting the right fight, that they're engaged in the way they need to be engaged. Your faith has two purposes. One, it empowers you as a believer for victory. And two, protects those around you. So when I found out some things about my mom, the second strongest person whom I married is my wife. She had faith for me. Because a year ago, a year, just a year later, a year earlier, her father passed away. And I had to be faith for her. You see, faith in a battle does two things. I just said it. A Roman soldier, listen to this, may lose their weapon in battle. It's okay. It's dishonorable to lose your weapon in battle, but it's understood because you're you're in close proximity. But if you lose your, your shield of faith, your shield, it was called dishonor because you can't protect you and you can't protect your family. If you lose or lay down your shield, it's it's, it's deemed dishonorable. As a soldier, that's why the shield is so important to God because I can find another weapon on the ground, but finding another shield is a bit difficult because if you don't have one, how are you going to protect your family? So to give you a picture of the shield, if you could, and this is my last point, the shield was four feet long, so it probably covered here down to my knees. Well, it's got to go out like that a little bit, but (laughs) that was funny. Come on now, if you could see me. (laughs) But it covered my knees, and it was two feet wide. It was able to be held where if I lifted it up, it covered every part of my body. Because it's hard to hit you with an arrow with with, with it coming to your knees. So you're able to be mobile with it. But if you don't know how to pass your shield or pass your faith to the next generation, what you're standing for today will be null and void. I'll explain. 
Astra Cecilia Jones was my mom, is my mom. Did you know in 1960s, she was an advocate with Martin Luther King? I didn't know that. I have pictures of her marching. She looks like my oldest daughter. Carice looks like her. My daughter looks exactly like my mom. And she fought for equality. She fought for what was right during that time. Because just like that time, it's the same spirit from 1960s to 2020 that we're fighting today. Now, she stopped fighting because she was in, I think she went to Memphis State. She got her associates. She finished college, but she got pregnant with a beautiful baby boy. My mom fought the good fight. Moving out of the South to California, she said, I want my son to have diversity. What? I don't want him caught up in the mindset of the South. I'll just let that sit. Your faith is not your own. It's for your legacy. So I took the faith from Astra Cecilia Jones to Jeffrey Wayne Jones. I married another woman. I married a woman full of faith, my wife, Gail Jones. And now my son, Randall, my oldest, and my second son, Jason, and my third son, Emmanuel, and my fourth son, Nathan, and my daughter, Carice, and my daughter, Symphony, now have the legacy of that faith. You have to be able to pass it. Today we want to release faith to those who are listening. Release hope to those who may be watching. For those that are in the courtyard fighting for your marriage, stay strong, stay faithful, listen to the word of God and fight your enemy. For the mama who's standing for their daughter who may be lost, stay strong, stay hopeful, and fight your enemy. Or for those that just need refreshing, receive refreshing, receive healing, receive grace, receive faith. You see, faith is an impartation. It's something that's imparted. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When those thoughts come, what are you saying to those thoughts? If you don't say anything to the thoughts, then they're going to stay. I challenge each and every one of you for the next 30 days to look up the promises of God for your situation. So when that thought comes, that arrow comes, you lift up your shield and say, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and I'm not beneath. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. Everywhere I go, the spirit of the Lord goes before me. The Bible says he will never leave me or forsake me. 
His word says he will be with me even unto the end of the age. The word says that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. The word says that every weapon is formed against me will not prosper. Those are the promises for me and some for you. If you don't say anything, he wins. You have to say something. I'm going to close with this scripture. I'm back. When you pass faith, it has the ability to do the supernatural for unbelievers. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, it talks about this, and I'm going to close with this scripture. It says, Then Elisha, who was a prophet, died and they buried him. Sometime later, raiding bands of Moabites, those are unbelievers, if you will, as they often did, invaded the country to steal the precious things of the Israelites. One day, some men were burying a man and spotted the raiders. They threw the man who was dead, who they killed, into the tomb and got away. They thought they got away. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came alive and stood on his feet. What am I saying to you today? That your faith, whether it be foundational, will attract those that need help, those that need hope. And if you will stay in faith, the bones, when they touch your foundation, they will be made alive. They will be quickened from the dead. They will lift up their hands and call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will serve the Lord with gladness of heart because someone was willing to extend their faith. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. We give you glory and honor for being faithful to us. So right now, Father, as we close this service, I thank you for being faithful to me and everyone who has heard the word of the Lord. I pray that the Prince of Peace will send an abundance peace, abundance of peace to every household, to every marriage, to every relationship. I bind the spirit of chaos and I release the spirit of peace that passes all understanding. I come against the spirit of loneliness. I bind the spirit of loneliness and abandonment. I bind that thing because it's not real. But God, I thank you that you're sending people. I thank you that you're sending help to show people they are worthy, that they are loved and they belong. We value you, Lord, above all things as we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for being here for the third service. I bless you throughout the week. You are loved and you belong. Visit our website. Go back and listen to these messages and others. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.